Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to a summer night show and tell. It's what we do every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. Here at the Ada Fruit Factory, we do all the design, testing, manufacturing, shipping of electronics that you know and love. For the next half an hour, we're going to check in with people around the world in the Adafruit and Maker community. What are they building? What are they 3D printing? What are they sewing? What are they soldering? We're going to find out. Uh, call on uh, Pedro and then some other folks, and then maybe some people come by. We might get out of here early. So, Nona Pedro, why don't you unmute your mics and tell us what you're building? <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, so uh, this week we put together a, a new Neo Trellis project. This is a, a soundboard, so you can hit some buttons and make it so. Make it so. So there we go. Um, it's using the PropMaker Featherwing and the Feather M4 Express. That makes it a lot easier because now we don't have to wire like a bunch of boards together. So it was really nice putting together. Um, there's also really there's also an accelerometer on the PropMaker, so we thought, well, what could what could we do with that? So uh, when you shake it, it scrambles the audio. Yay! So it kind of shuffles it, and then we have this RGB LED that lets us know that it is indeed shuffled. And if we hit this button, <laughs> not that button. Let me hit it again. All right, there we go. So it went green, and that means the arrangement has been reset. Uh, there's a, there's a lot more to it, so definitely check out the learn guide that we have. And um, <laughs> I just love the time. So I have a couple. <laughs> I, I, I do have a problem. Um, yeah, so I have a couple samples here, and uh, yeah. I don't want to play no, them no. because uh, you're completely entertained by this. I could just okay. watch it. <laughs> okay, cool. Excellent. All right, so obviously you can put all sorts of different sounds on it. It's all written in it's Python. Me, me. Meme, meme clips. A meme clips, right. yeah, like a meme box, yeah. which was today's coupon code. Ah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of uh, kits that you put together, and we made sure that Content ID did not pick them. So we literally had Shazam right next to what we were doing all the yeah. samples. Can you guys uh, tell what song this might be? I've got a problem. Not that one. Mark, up to stop saying that. <laughs> oh, that's Thriller. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see if YouTube catches it or not. Yeah, that's a. Anyway, check out the video in the learn guide. It's really, really fun, and I had a lot of fun putting it together. So, all right, okay, cool. that was cool and, and fun to play. We're catching up on our videos, so we have uh, two oh. videos from you this week. One is the um, the, the rainbow, yeah. yeah, the rainbow printing, and yeah. then your your latest one. So yeah. we'll have a double header tonight for those who want to watch lots of three D printing. Excellent, thank you. Um, okay. And then for right. next week, we're gonna do a video of uh, that Falcon Heavy rod, uh, launch. So we're gonna be at the Kennedy Space Center on I think Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So this weekend. if you guys are around the area, we're gonna be giving out some pie badges. So Cocoa Beach. Stop by for that. All right, go see the Falcon Heavy. That sounds fun. All right. First launch. Yay. All right, next All right. up. Chris Young. Chris Young, we got plenty of time for you. So what are you yep. Yes. All right, let me switch over here. Um, published a new learning guide this week, and it's uh, really a lead up to a learning guide I'm gonna write where I'm finally gonna document my ultimate remote. But it's such a big project uh, that I thought I would do it in pieces. This is a screenshot from my ultimate remote. Um, and you can see I've got some custom symbols on the second row there. That's, this is how I control uh, my cable TV box, my DVR. And you've got a like a previous channel, uh, rewind, uh, play, fast forward, pause, stop, uh, next channel, and so on. And a bunch of arrow keys. Here's another screen. 
Uh, this is where I do my mouse control. That second row is all the directions that you can move the mouse. And the fourth row is like home, page up, uh, and so on, page down. Uh, here's another screen I implemented for a different uh, assistive technology box. It's a complete keyboard. I've even got the function keys down there across the bottom of the, the screen. So all of these had to be made using custom fonts. Um, you could, you can convert any font using a font conversion tool that you've got um, in the Adafruit GFX package. But it, it really, finding all those different symbols and trying to convert them was just gonna be too much of a hassle. So I actually uh, drew out the bitmaps and wrote a little utility that displays them so you can see what you're doing. And I'll show you kind of how it works. Hang on a second here. Wake up, mouse eight, eight, nine, click, go to sleep. This is a, a section of the code. I don't know if you can see on the left there, I've drawn out a, a little Bluetooth symbol. Yeah. Uh, yeah using just kind of ask <laughs> okay? And what you do is just, you draw that out kind of just using comments to see what it's going to look like. And then you can put together the bitmaps. The data is on the right there. Um, you just look at what column I've put an X in, and then you convert that binary to a hex value and plug it all into a, into a sketch, and it creates the custom bitmaps for you. And so that's how all of these various symbols that I just showed you were made, just by sketching out in a comment uh, what bits were on and what bits were off. I scroll through here. You can see yep. different ones, channel up, channel down. And so anyway, I just illustrated how to do that. The, the trick is you have to make everything 16 pixels wide so that the bitmaps come out on a complete word boundary. Or you could do eight pixels wide and have them come out on an eight bit boundary. But um, that's what makes it possible to sort of roll your own by hand uh, is by making sure that everything is an even multiple wide and uh, it works. So that's how I created my custom fonts for the, uh, for the ultimate remote. And my next job is to uh, document everything else about it. Right All now, right. We're, Bill and I are working on designing a new case that's going to be a little bit more useful to people other than me. You know, it's one thing when you design something for yourself and you just kind of throw it together to meet your own needs. But then you say, I'm going to publish this. People don't want to see that junk that I threw together. You know, we want, to, we want something nice and pretty. And uh, hopefully a week or two, a couple of weeks maybe, we'll have something to share. All right. Oh, it looks great. Thanks and so I, much, Chris. Look at that beautiful font. Actually, I love it. you. Yeah. Got the function keys and like every icon is exactly what it is. Like the delete key looks just like the delete, the return, the page up. Like even looking yeah. at them, I'm like, oh, that's end and home. I can just immediately tell what they're supposed to be. So that's cool. Yeah. All right. All right. All right that's it. Thank you. All right. Next up is Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you too. By the way, if you haven't seen it, um, so the remote that Chris is talking about, there's a video we made when I was out there 
where I walk through Chris's house and show everything that he controls with that little box with the remote. It's it's really kind of amazing. So I'm looking forward to his guide. Um, that's not what I've been doing. So what I've been doing, let me make sure I can see myself here, is these, Lamore. I've been doing these. They're so cool looking. How did you do those? This is amazing. <laughs> I have so, actually no idea. Yeah. So I um, I missed these. I really missed them. I was actually looking for them. I talked to Mike Burrell about when are we going to get some good pinout diagrams for um, the Pie Gamer. And he's like, oh, I don't have an artist to do it. And, you know, it's going to happen someday. And I'm like, well, I kind of do lots of Inkscape stuff for my day job. Would you like me to put it together for you? So I did. And so I can actually show you briefly what this is. It's If you haven't seen it, uh, these are the the old, uh, I don't know how you say the name, Pig Gate Jack. Pig Gate. His name was Pigianti. Yeah, he disappeared or something happened. And so yeah. uh, that was that. So. <laughs> Well, I, I'm not an artist, and but I'm I'm a good mimic, right? And I know the tools pretty well, and so I made uh, diagrams. This one's for the uh, M4 Express, and I actually have got a jump start on the Pi Gamer now as well. And then I got to do a lot of research and learn a lot about the SAMD chips, um, and uh, and then go back and forth with Lamore on uh, what should actually be on these. So I'm really happy about these. I think we're really close to right on this one, right? We're we're about done. That on one was good. Yeah, I think I think that one's ready to go. I think yeah. one of the things that's also really nice is you know you're going to have the original files that we can edit. So that the, one of the challenges was is people they make beautiful pinout diagrams, and we love them and they're wonderful. But then there's always a typo, which is totally normal and yeah. not it's not a big deal. I, you know, these chips are very confusing, and sometimes the data sheets are even wrong. But then we can't edit the files. So what I really like is that you're going to give us yeah. the original files so that we can go back and update them because it's if you have a diagram and even two, one or two things are wrong it's kind of almost not worth having it which is really tragic because right. it uses more people than it helps yeah and and um i actually made a video and i made it for you guys and then we ended up sharing it publicly about how to make these and some tips that really they're not that hard if you set it up ahead of time and make a good grid it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're in eagle if you set the grid up right that's half the battle right that's right it's, it's the same kind of thing. So I made that, that for you guys. Software. Maybe okay. when you're if, when you're done, if you or or uh, Chris want to actually write a guide on how to make those, I think yeah. that would be that's yeah. like the tool of the tool because people are always asking us how do you make these, and we said, well, we paid this fellow who's unfortunately, you know, gone. Yeah, uh, we can't contact well, I, him. I, I don't want the job of maintaining these for you. No, no, I'm, you happy, I'm happy to teach people to do <laughs> yeah. it. No, get, get, do a few yeah. and then put the files out and then the guy. Yeah. And then do it how to do it because that, you know, for example, we didn't used to have fritzing objects for everything. But then once yeah. we had a tool that yep. Phil D made that made yep. it really easy to, to create fritzing objects, now we have one for every new product. And it makes a huge difference in getting um, people who are not engineers being able to draw out what they're building or they want what they want to build. Because it's like you're taking a photo. You can never take a good photo of electronics. The wires are too confusing. So I think this is like the next step. I think would be yeah. very helpful. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad you like it. I do yeah. have um, something else to show you. I hope I have a minute. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, we have time. All right, good. That never happens. So um, I have a couple other things. This one actually, I got to give credit to Carter. You know, Carter in the in the Discord, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Cotter. It looks like Cater, but it's Cotter. Cater. Carter. Yeah. Um, so we actually, he actually made a library for the the Nunchucky. Um, for Circuit Playground. And so this is actually, uh, I, I made a little 3D printed housing for it, whoops, housing for it that uh, does back to back on the trinket. 
and makes a nice little uh, just little adapter, right? And so this is running 100% Circuit Python, and this will let me put together um, a guide I need to um, for this. I may I may put, publish it with you. I may publish it on uh, AT Makers, but one way or the other, this is one of the most requested things because with the accelerometer, people who only have gross motor can actually drive their mouse. And then I have something really excited that happened just yesterday, and that leads to this thing. And this thing is 100% wrong, but I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So USB hosts insanity. Yeah. So this is this is really kind of cool, and it's actually wired it up. It, it came out beautifully because everything's kind of tucked underneath. Yeah. Um, but it turns out about a year ago, let me let me show you what I'm talking about here. About a year ago, um, we were working with Micah about uh, remember these things, the IntelliKeys, yeah. right? And so we were working on getting the, the, um, the firmware updated and, and put the drivers out for Windows 10. And we made some progress on that. We got it out for Windows 10 and stuff like that, but it's still a mess. It's really old code and it's really, uh, we wouldn't do it that way again if we were starting today. And I was thinking about ways that we could support people on um, different platforms and stuff. And one of the ways was, I was talking to Dan Halbert and said, do we have any chips that have two USB ports? other than the TNC 3.6, which is a little expensive and a little big and kind of overkill. And the answer was kind of no. And I went and I looked, and let me show you my screen. I was saying, what I really want to do is I want to actually make a, a device. Sorry about the, the uh, really that's the only time it has ever shared the right screen. Okay. Um, so the um, I went looking for something where we could make a, kind of a, a filter that sits between the IntelliKeys and the other, um, and the looking like a normal USB mouse. And it turns out that a developer named uh, GD Sports, uh, who I've never met, never had a conversation with until an email one this morning, uh, actually found where we put the open source code online, went through, figured out the firmware from it, and made exactly what I was talking about making and decoded the entire protocol, which is just amazing, right? All right. <laughs> right. Open source wins. And so I reached out and we talked this afternoon and basically they also have a, uh, a device here, which is this host coprocessor, which is a teensy that just is a USB host that sends serial back. Right. And so that's what that's what I've got here. So we basically uh, we decided that, yes, it is completely possible to let me see if I can unshare this. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, is it possible to take two back-to-back -back uh trinkets, not teensies, trinkets, yeah. and wire them up so that one is the uh, the the USB device, one is the USB host? They're communicating via uh, UART between them, and can we make a filter that works? And it totally works. So, um, it is not complete yet. I put two buttons on it just because I had the space. Um, and I am super excited about this because what this lets us do is it lets us write something that lets you put overlays that are custom um, in into the the circuit circuit Python side, which will be the device side will be in circuit Python. You got a file system. You can load up the files. You can do all that kind of stuff. You got to keep them small because it's just a trinket. Um, and then on the other side is just a, an Arduino code that's just going to read that weird format and send it through over UART. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So, cool. Yay. Yeah. So it's all, all cool stuff. 
All right. Nice. Well, um, we're going to do a little bit of a show and tell. Uh, Scott's at a um, synth meetup where he's going to try not to buy a synth or something, which is like, it's an awesome thing. Yeah, it's like, it was like, we're so, terrible idea. But um, we're going to show something. But I actually have a, a story, uh, Bill, that I think you'll appreciate. So since we've been doing stuff in the world of assistive technology in some way, it just changes the lens when we start new projects. So we're doing this machine learning stuff. You probably saw some of our funny videos. You like you say cat and the cat shows up. And yep. You say dog and a picture of a dog shows up. And when we were doing this, um, and we looked at all the all the machine learning demos for hardware, which ain't great, and there's not a lot of them, and it's very early. Um, there's certainly no one talking about um, anyone that has any accessibility needs working with machine learning. It is the last, last thing. And, and why not, right? It's yeah. natural, right? To me, it's like, this is the reason to do it. Like, we're doing speech recognition. Right. It's the only thing you don't hear, you know, no pun intended, is how this could help um, people who need to set the technology. So um, as we're designing this, we wanted to have it so, one, your machine learning device shows up as a USB drive, because we know how helpful that is for people who have to deploy these on the field. In the field, um, there's certain words that we spend like you know 20 hours training the model so it can recognize them. So we wanted to have it so it's drag and drop. Then we said, well, everything should have a screen. So when you say the word, there should be some visual indicator that it recognizes the word or it has a graphic. But what if you can't see? So now we're adding. If you say cat and it recognizes cat, it'll um, show the picture or show the word, and then it'll meow or or we'll say the word cat. Right. And then the other piece is um, the 3D printing that we're going to do for the buttons on the, our machine learning boards will either have a symbol, a letter, or Braille. So you you don't even need to figure out which button it is. You can just feel which one it is, and you could use this machine learning device. Maybe you're going to say the word up because you want something to go up for you. Um, if it works out, great. It'll have a picture of you know an arrow. And then after that, maybe it'll uh, say the word up. That way, if something isn't working out, at least you knew it recognized it correctly before it's making a decision to move something right, in the buttons training. themselves. Right. Yeah, and so so that uh, that I thought was neat because our approach now is thinking about more people from the beginning, and I'm hoping it's contagious because it's like it's cool to have graphics and like have machine learning stuff work and have visual indicators that things are working out, but I don't see that yet, and so that's why a lot of our um, devices now have all these multiple ways to interact with it. It just makes it a better product. But it also, it, the reason is because we just thought about others and assistive right. technology. Yeah, it, it really does change your, it changes your perspective and it helps everybody, right? Yeah, and it's free. I mean, yeah. like we already have this stuff on there and it's, it's funny because all these voice models are trained with thousands of people saying the same word and you can listen to them, it's kind of funny. It's like cat, 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 cat. <laughs> Like, why not use those as the the uh, auditory response that the device knows that it heard that word too? So, right. Anyhow, okay. So cool. Yeah. So, thanks for thanks for being on. You. you say you're going to play some of that today, right? Um, we'll have the video of it. Yeah, we have some of the machine learning stuff that we're going to show. And I then will, I will tell you if you're um, if you're looking for something that I really think machine learning would be fantastic for. We yeah. lost something recently. We lost something called a scatter switch. It's a infrared switch. They used to be able to detect an intentional wink. So if I did that, it could tell it was actually a switch. Oh, okay. And the difference between detecting a blink, which is just a quick both-sided thing, yeah. or an intentional wink, a switch that could do that would be huge. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's, there's, there's things that, I mean, you could do fa very basic face recognition, mm -hmm. but you could probably figure out a way to do like eye recognition that's not blinking. Right, yep, very cool. All right, duly noted.
Yeah. I have a question. Is it is it just the eye or can they, is it like if they twitch their mouths or move their mouths up or is it so the eye? What the scatter switch did, it's a self, uh, it's, it's an IR switch. What it really does is it, it's, it shines a very bright infrared um, uh, pattern, I believe, or at least LED on the skin. And it recognizes the, the change in the reflection is really all it used to do. But it, what it was primarily used for was either recognizing the movement of a cheek, like puffing out a cheek, yeah. or recognizing an intentional blink. I don't really want to, as an AT person, I don't want to put a really bright infrared LED next to somebody's eye. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking for a different technology to solve the same problem. Yeah. Right? I but, think a vision, that would be good for vision. Yeah, vision. and like, the thing is we don't want to do machine learning where it's like taking your photo and uploading it to the cloud. We just want non-network connected machine learning that's like, I yep. mean, even if you had to tell someone like, hey, if you could put like a little triangle right here, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, well, instead of a bright light, it could just be like a little bit of makeup that just yeah. like, here's a little triangle that moves. Yep, it's gotta move differently when you blink though, right? Because blink yeah. is a, so that, that's interesting. By the way, Lamore, while I have you, uh, I noticed the PDD pins were pulled out onto the feather wing. Is that intentional on the, on the- uh, What's PDD? It's the camera interface for the SAMD51. Oh, the PCC pins? Oh, PCCs, I'm sorry, yeah, PCC. Yeah, what, so what about them? I just noticed that you actually had them all pulled out to the feather. Yeah, I did, so that if people wanted to do camera projects, you could, you would have all, because they did line up with pins that were useful. Right. Yes, you could connect the camera. We have a very, very basic camera example where you can just take an image from a camera and display it on a TFT. Um, I, I was very excited to see that. It's okay. something that we're thinking about, but we don't have uh, we don't have any more than the example code we've got right now. But but you get the you get the tips when you spend this much time looking at the data sheets, right? right? And you the know, schematics, you, you figure know. out what was going through Lamore's head. Yeah. Okay. You, right, so you have the uh, the roadmap now. All right. So <laughs> we're gonna, OLEDs. We're gonna show. Lady is gonna talk about these OLEDs. All right. So we've got new for Circuit Python. Uh, new for Circuit Python, we have um, OLED support. Um, but it's built into Display I.O. So what's neat is that now you can have um, text when you do like serial prints, they print directly to the OLED. Uh, here's it displaying with a feather, so it works under I2C and SPI. Um, and you'll be able to do also fonts and bitmaps. It just looks like a normal Display I.O. display. And of course you get the, uh, the uh, uh, console output. So it's just kind of cool. So we now have Display I.O. for OLEDs and e-inks coming soon, but no ETA just yet. Okay. Yeah, I shut them all. Okay. All, all right. Thanks, everybody. Well, that is our show tonight. Uh, show and tell tonight, everybody. Thanks so much for okay. tuning in. We're here every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be here next week. Next week, we'll probably have a special guest, Pete Warden, uh, in charge of TensorFlow on microcontrollers at Google. So that's a big, big. That's a good time yeah, to ask. Very for. timely. You got things so, you want to ask for. So come by. Um, it'll be here on the show and tell, and then ask an engineer. And uh, special thanks to Noam Pedro and Chris Young and Bill. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much for making this the best. Twenty-four minutes every single week. <laughs> thanks everybody. See you soon. Bye everybody. Bye folks. <laughs>